Today's daf is daf ayin aleph. Today's shoes le'ilu nishmas ben Zion ben Zev Avram Alevi Basio bas Eliyahu Shraga Fivel ben Baruch and Tzvi ben Zion ben Yisrael. May their memories be. Uh, may their neshamas have an aliyah, and may their memories be a blessing. Um, today I'm going to go from the second last line of ayin beis. Amud Bayes, sorry, Ayin Amud Bayes, that's uh, 70B. Um, just before we go in, so we're going to be discussing one posuk that seems out, that is out of order of the Seder. Basically, if you start right at the beginning of the Parsha of Parshas Achare, I'm not going to go through it now, but it starts with the beginning of the order of the Yom Kippur service. Basically, as we've gone through, very similar to as we've gone through in the Perek. Um, he says, when, when Aaron, when you do want to come into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, this is what you have to go through. This is the procedure you must do. Par, Ben Boko, Lechatos, etc. Where you'll wear linen. Obviously, this is including after he's done the whole morning avoided. You will wear linen. Your four linen garments. Um, and then you'll get two goats. That's the one for Achatos and one for Azazel, etc. It goes through the whole Seder. Comes to around, let's just look from Apostle uh, Chof Aleph, just so we see what part of the Avoida we're looking at. Apostle 21, it says, Aaron will place his two hands on the Seirachai, that's the goat, uh, and he will do vidui on that goat for all the sins of Bnei Yisrael. Lechol avonos Bnei Yisrael, ve'eskol pishayhem, ve'eskol chatosom. And then it says, v'nosan osom al rosh ha-seiri, will place his hands on the head of the Seir, v'shilach b'yad ish iti, Hamid Bora, and he will send it through the hands of the designated man into the desert. The Seir will carry the sins to this uninhabited land. And it will be sent into the desert. And then this is the. So, so we've just discussed the Seir la Azazel. Okay? Then we come on and we say, Uvo Aaron el. Aaron will come into the Oel Moed. He will remove his linen garbs. The ones he wore when going into the Kodesh. And he will leave him there. So that's Apostle Chof Gimel. It seems to go from... So the first question we're going to go ask, what is this, why is he going into the Oil Moed, into the, which we hear referring to the Kodesh HaKadoshim? According to the Psukim, he's just sent away the goat to Azazel, and then he goes into the Oil Moed. So right at the beginning of Al-Gamorah, Tonu, as well, it quotes from Mishnah, Kidei, Shorov, Ragla, etc. Um, then it says, Tonu Rabbonon, Uvo Aaron El HaOil Moed, and Aaron will come into the te- tent of meeting. Lama Hubo, why is he coming into the tent of meeting? The Hoitzi Esakaf Esamachta, to remove the spoon and the shovel. I remember he's gone back, he's finished the Avoida, and now he's going back into the Kodesh HaKadoshim to remove the spoon. Now, the difficulty we're saying is he goes from sending away the goat to Azazel, is we then, and then straight into removing the Kafel Machta, is remember in our Mishnah we learned that, no, after that he reads the Parsha, and then he changes into his golden garb, and he offers the aisle and the aisle, his aisle and the, the, his ram and the ram of the people. He does the afternoon avoider at some point there. And only then does he change into his big day boots to remove the linen garb. So the apostle continues. This is the top of Ayn Aleph Amun Aleph. It says, Shekola Parsha. 
The whole parsha is said in order, except for this pasuk. It is out of order. You're right. He doesn't go from sending this goat to Azazel to removing the linen, to, to removing the kafel machta, the spoon and the shovel. He actually does, like we learn in the Mishnah. He first goes and reads from the parsha. He then goes and offers um, changes into his golden garb, to offer certain sacrifices, let's say his isle and the isle of the people, etc. Now my timer, so why is it out of order? Or why why do you tell me that it's out of order? Maybe it's in order, maybe it's correct. No, we have a tradition that there are five the Koen Godel goes to Mikvah five times and he sanctifies his hands ten times. His hands and feet ten times on Yom Kippur. Now, if you say it's written in order, you will only come out with three going to Mikvah and one and six sanctifications of his hands, not five and ten. How would that work? Because it would be as follows. Again, this is following the Seder from the beginning. He changes, he gets, in the morning he goes to Mikvah once and he gets dressed in his golden Big Day Kahuna, all eight of the Big Day Kahuna. He does the morning tamid and some of the Musaf according to some opinions. He then changes into his linen garb and he does the incense and the, the bull and the goat there whose blood is sprinkled inside. He then sends away the goat to Azazel. He then goes and removes the kafumachta and then he's finished the in, inner avoider and then he changes, he goes to Mikvah for a third time and changes into his golden garb to finish off the afternoon service, the rest of the Musaf, and uh, the rest of the Yom Kippur Avoida. So that's only three tefillahs. And we have a tradition that they have to be five. So how do you get five? Is we know that in one of those, he's going to change again. Because if he changes, let's just say, so the middle one was he was in his linen garb. So let's say in the middle one where he's wearing his little garb, he breaks up the avoider, he goes to mikvah, changes into his golden garb, so that would be a fourth one, and then he would change back, he would go to mikvah and change back into his linen garb. So that's what Chizda says, I know that Pasuk is out of order, because you have to, um, and and that he only removes the coal later on in the service. Sorry, he only removes the kafelmachta, the spoon and the shovel, later on in the service. And he says, because otherwise you don't arrive at the required five, um, five and, uh, Ten, you would only have three and six. It says, says, okay, all very well to say that this pasuk is out of order, but maybe there's no psukim out of order. And actually, you bring in the se'ir hanase b'chutz. Remember, we learned that yesterday. It's kind of part of the musaf that's done straight after the inner avoider. So why say that this pasuk is moved to later in the avoider? Leave that pasuk there and jump the pasuk of the Seir Anasebuchutz a bit earlier. And why is that even better to do? Because how do we know that we do the Seir Anasebuchutz straight after he changes into his golden garb from his linen garb? How do we know he does that? Because remember the pasuk says, Milvad Chattas HaKippurim Besides for the Chattas of the Kippurim, that pasuk, he does this goat, 
that posuk is actually in Bamidbar. So if we take for the posuk from Bamidbar and learn it as insert this Karban in earlier, I, he'll have to change into his goal. He will do, basically, he will offer the Seir, the goat, the Seir Penim, change into his golden car, uh, clothes to offer the Seir Anase Bechutz and then go back to the inner service. And that's even better because that Pasuk is from Bamidbar, so it's not out of order. So Amr Abai Abai says, you can't read it like that because Amr Krabba Yotzav says Ola So. When he goes out, he does his Ola. No, as soon as he changes from his linen garb, he has to go and do his ram and the ram of the people. I, so, the, so he can't do the Siran Asebuchutz earlier. It must be that straight after his, his changing from the linen to the gold, he does this aisle. And where does the Posuk say that? That is in Posuk. Um, so let me just check, where was it? Chof um, If you look in Posel Chof that's the next Posel. It says, Varochat says, Besorah, Bamayim, Bamokam, Kodesh, Velashat, Big Day. He will... Um, es, sorry, play. Es Begotov. Vyotzava Ases, Oilosava, Es Oilosa'am. He will go into his ram and the people's ram, etc. So what do we see? Straight after he changes into linen, he must put. He must go into gold. He must go and do the people's ram, not the another korbanota. Sir And once he's changed, well then, he can only then change back into his linen garb and do pasuk chov gimel. So pasuk chov dalit clearly comes because of the language of yotz of aser. So I saw pasuk chov dalit comes before pasuk chov gimel at least. Now the Gemara. Rob, so that's one answer. That's Rav Chizda's answer. Why you have to say it's out of order? Because otherwise you don't get the required five uh, five mikveh, five tefillos, and ten kiddush yada kiddushin of your daim beraglaim. Says Rav, Omer Rav gives a different answer. He says Omer Krada Pasuk says Upasha says big day habad. Again, this is in this is in this pasuk we're discussing twenty three. It says he removes his linen garb. The Torah doesn't have to say which he wore. A person can only take off what he wears. The Torah says he removes the linen clothes which he was wearing. Just say he removes the linen clothes. You know, obviously he was wearing them. It says, When it says, it's telling us that he had already previously worn them. He's already worn his linen clothes. And this Posuk of Gimel is when he's wearing them for a second time. To wear them for a second time, he had to have removed them. So this Posuk must be moved later to after he's already put on the golden cloth. Uh, golden clothes. We ask the same question. Why are you saying that Posuk of Gimel is the one that interrupts and why he's wearing these garments for a second time? Sorry, why are you, yeah, why, sorry, why are you saying it's the aisle, the Posuk of Dalet that's supposed to be earlier than Posuk of Gimu or Mu Posuk of Gimu later? Just insert the Siran Asebuchut from Bamidbar. So you got the Gemara on, same answer. He says, No, it says he will go out and he will do. I straight after he changes from his linen into his gold the first time he has to do the aisle. He has to do Posuk of Dalet. Now the Gemara uh, says, He says, you're telling me that the rest of the paragraph, so the whole thing, the, so far we pointed out that Posuk Chof Gimel is the only Posuk out of place. It should be after Posuk Chof Dalet. He says, what about the following Posuk? It says, The 
fats of the chattas, this is the inner bull and inner goat, you will burn on the Mizbeach. That's in, if you look in your things, it's Pasuk, um, sorry, it's Pasuk Chof uh, Vov. Let me just share it. Sorry, Pasuk Chof Hei. And then, Vaharar Ves Parachatas Ash Ves etc. It speaks about burning them. So what's according to the order of the Psukim, you first burn the Amurim of the bull and the goat on the Mizbah, and then later on you come along and you burn the actual animals. Remember, you take them outside of Yerushalayim and burn them there. It says, But we learned in our Mishnah, If you see the Kohen Godel reading the parish, reading from his Torah, you're not going to get to see the bull burnt. And we know from our Mishnah that the fact that a murim of these chatois, the bull and the goat, are only burnt later on after he's finished reading. So you would be able to see them. So what do we see? There's another, the other psukim out, out of order. So the Gemara answers, except from this posuk onwards. So interesting, that's so right. From posuk Aleph to posuk Chof Gimel to Chof Beis, it's all in order. From Pasuk Chof Gimel onwards, it's out of order. Now the obvious question is, why is it out of order? Why doesn't the Chumash just do the whole thing in order? So the Rambat... Um, oh, sorry, let's just finish this one point. It says, Why are you saying that the Psukim are out of order? Rather say that the Mishnah is out of order. Remember, the Torah Shebil Sav is the primary... Thing that's precise. The oral Torah is more of a discussion. So rather say that the Torah is precise and in order, the Chumash, then uh, the Psukim are in order, then say that the Mishnah is in order. So Omar Abay, Omar Kro, no, the Pasuk says, Vaha Mishaleh, Vaha Soref. Again, these are two different Psukim. This is Pasuk, um, Pasuk 26 and 28. It's, it, it says, as he's contrasting, the one who sent and the one who burnt, he says, just as when it says the one who sent is referring to an avoider done earlier when he took the seir outside, so too when it's speaking about the one who burned, that's going, that must be from an avoider done much earlier. I Just as we know, so again, in other words, just as we know, the one who set, takes the goat to Azazel is done before the Amurim are burnt. So too, the one who burns it must be before the Amurim are burnt. The Mora says, Oh, Adarabba, Masoref, Tahashta, Af Mishalel Tahashta. So why don't we say it the other way around? Just as the Pasuk implies that the, now is when he burns the bull and the goat. Why don't we say, so to now is when he sends the goat. I say that earlier on when the apostle came along and said that he sends off the goat, that's basically saying he gets ready to send it. Then he reads from the parish, he does a whole lot of other things, he burns the goat and then he sends it. Why, why do you say that this, maybe learn from a story if that is done now? So the Moran says, no, and the one who sends, or the one who sent, that implies what was done earlier. Rava says, I've got another explanation. I've got another explanation why we know that it must be that the Seir Mishtalech was done earlier. It says, Rava Omar, Omar, Kro, Rava says from the following passage, it says, Yamod Chai. 
The seir must remain alive. It emphasizes that this goat that is going to be sent to Azazel must remain alive. It says, When does it have to remain alive? So as the Apostle says, Until the atonement. That's at the time of Matantamim. And then you don't keep it alive any longer. I straight off the sprinkling the blood. And we know that. And he pours the remnants of the blood on the base of the outer altar. And then he goes and he sends off the goat to Azazel. So, but that is because it remains alive until you've sprinkled all the blood of the inner bull and goat, and then you go and do the rest. Now, so, okay, so we know that from, just uh, just to clarify, not going to go through the Seder Avodah again, but very briefly, um, up to Pasuk Gimel is in order, where that's when it, and Pasuk Gimel is where it refers to him removing the incense, the the bowl the shovel of coal and the burnt the spoon that he held the incense in he removes it from the kodesh akroshim he said that's out of order that has to come after at least pasuk of dalit the next pasuk which discusses burning the ram the coin goddle's ram and the ram of the people um, so that's out of order and then we showed there are actually other psukim from there and onwards Chofdalet and the, the um, it would go pasuk Chofzayin, Chofdalet, Chofhei, Chofgimel. So they're all all out of order there. So that's uh, that's where we're holding at the moment. The Gemara, there's a the, the Rishonim asks the Ramban on the Chumash. He says, why is it out of order? Why not just write it all in order? Why does the Chumash write it out of order? So I was thinking before we get to the Ramban's answer. Um, Yeah, that uh, um, I think a simple answer is to remind us that there's a Torah Shabal Peh. We often, we sometimes forget and think that you just follow the Chumash. And no, we know that there's the Torah Shabal Peh. You can't just rely on the written Torah. Don't know if that's such a good proof because in this case, you could just say maybe the Torah Shabal Peh is a mistake like the Gomorrah wants to suggest and then it proves from subtleties in the Psukim that no, it has to be out of, you have to understand it as out of order. So I guess it is quite a good proof for the Torah Sheba Alpeh. Um, then, but the Ramban answers, he says, no, it's the normal way of the Chumash to be going in an order, and then it finishes the topic. So it wants to finish the topic of the inner avoider, even though it's not in the correct order of the day, it wants to finish the topic of discussing the inner avoider. So what's the last thing he does in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? He removes the spoon and the shovel. So that's why it mentions the, removing the spoon of the shovel, and then it goes back to the rest of the avoiders that are done outside, even though removing the spoon and the shovel is later. That's Rambam's answer. Then I saw a few people bring it. I didn't get a chance to look it up. Um, but a few people bring, the Vilna Gon gives an amazing answer. Very, very insightful answer. He says, no. He says, you have to remember, there's a difference between Aaron HaKohen, who this parasha was said to, Remember, this is in the desert after Aaron's, it starts, Acharei Mos, after the death of Aaron's sons. So this is speaking to Aaron. Now there's a major difference between Aaron and other Kohanim. Aaron was allowed to go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim whenever he wanted. Other Kohanim, Gedolim, in the future could only go in on Yom Kippur. Now, the Seder, what's in order up to Posuk will get Chof Beis. And then from Chof Gimel onwards, it's out of order. Up to Posuk Chof Beis is speaking to Aaron, the order that Aaron would do if he wanted to go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Now again, Aaron could choose whenever he wanted to go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So from Posad Aleph to Chof Gimel, 
to Chobbeis is all in order for Aaron. Then, if on Yom Kippur, or whenever any other Kohen Godel would be going into the Kodesh HaGadoshim on Yom Kippur, there's a few extra steps unique to Yom Kippur, and that's from Posuk Chov Gimel onwards. So very interesting. So it makes a lot of sense. Now why it's out of order? From Allah, the first part is when Aaron would want to go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which could be on any day. And the second part where it starts being out of order is to fit in what the Kohen Godel would do on Yom Kippur. So it's almost including, it's just adding in what was necessary to go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim on Yom Kippur and the avoid of Yom Kippur to, the, to Aaron what what would Aaron have done when he wanted to go in any other day? Okay, let's carry on. I see Meshalach. So this is the one who sent the goat would then come to the Kohen Godel. Um, Rashi seems to say it's the following day because remember he stayed by the last sukkah on the mountain till Motzei Yom Kippur and then he'd come back. It says Bashuk If he would meet the Kohen Godel in the shuk, I have fulfilled the mission you sent me on. Now it seems the, the novelty Rashi seems to point out here is he's showing covered to the Kohen Godel because whose mission was he on? He was on Hashem's mission. But he goes, shows honor to the Kohen Godel and says, I did what you asked me to send the goat of Bazazal. If he finds him in his, if he meets him in his house, he says to him, The one who gives life, we have fulfilled his, um, his mission. Um, now we're going to bring a few um, semi-related pieces of greetings and this phrase Machai Chaim etc. We'll see um, as we go through. It says When two sages would be taking leave of each other in Pumpadisa, Omri Hachi, they would say the following. May the one who gives life give you li- long life, good life and um, true life. Um, David Amele says, I should go before Hashem in the living lands. What does David Amele refer to when he says, I want to go in, in uh, Mokom Shvokim? In the living, um, the, the la- uh, where their marketplaces. Right? She explains, because David was in the wilderness then. And it's so much harder to get food and survive without marketplaces. So therefore, David Amelech is davening, I wish I was, may I, may I merit to live in a place, I guess, where there's a vibrant economy and it's easier to make a living, easier to buy food and other needs. That's what David was saying. Um, the Tosos Yeshonim adds that, yeah, um, what David's also done, we know Tehillim often David said about himself, but they also feel us for the whole of Bnei Israel for the future. So what's this referring to in the future? That when Bnei Israel going to Golos, Hashem should bless them that they live in places where it's easier to make a living, where they're marketplaces, etc. And therefore they can, um, um, and they can, and then they will have time to learn a Torah. Because if they live in the wilderness, it's going to be much, much harder for them to survive, and they're not going to have time to learn Torah. Okay, and there are a few other chatim. Let's finish. Um, all, well, in that paragraph it says long life and years of life peace Hashem should add to you it says may you have long life and years of life 
What do you mean? Do you get years that are laugh and years that are not laugh? So Amr Reb Lazar, Ilu Shnoisel Shel Adam and Mishapchoch Olam Meirala Toifa. Reb Lazar says yes. A person whose days switch from bad to good, i.e., if someone grows up poor and then they become wealthy, they'll realize they got a whole new, um, a whole new laugh uh, that's opened up before them. The po- then another pasuk it says Aleichem Ishim Ekra. I will call to you men. So Amar who's Ishim? Elu Tamidei Chachomim. This refers to Tamidei Chachomim. Why does it call them Ishim and not Anoshim? Now Ishim does have connotations of significant, um, distinguished men. But why Ishim? So he says Chedoimim Lenoshim because they're similar to women. For Oisim Gvura Kanoshim, but they do acts of strength like men. I, Ishim is also similar to Isha, a woman. So it's a play on the word Ishim, men who are like women. Why are the Tamidei Chachomim like women? Because they're generally weak and they don't do a lot of manual labor. And uh, they're not as involved in going out and earning a living. So those are more, uh, more similar to, I guess, women's characteristics. But they do Gvura. What does that mean? So some, uh, some answer no, Gvura is like, they, they do mighty feats. I, when they daven, they bring around, uh, about major results that even powerful men couldn't bring about. Or um, another possibility is, we know in Avos it says, Ezuhu Gibur, a Gibor, Yitro. Who's considered a strong person? Someone who conquers their Yetzirah. Um So that's what they do, mighty feats, even though they... Like women in that physically they're weaker. It says another teaching which is going to be based on this Pasuk. He says that if someone wants to offer a wine libation, he should provide wine. It seems even provide for Tamidei Chachomim. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, Aleichem Ishim Ekra, I will call them, now to play on the word of Ishim, these Tamidei Chachomim, and Ishe, a fire offering, an offering to Hashem. So giving Tamidei Chachomim, I'm not even, maybe even I was thinking wine, is wine a necessity or a luxury? But helping Tamidei Chachomim and, and providing for Tamidei Chachomim in a way is like offering a korban. I think it goes much deeper than on the surface um, those who live a life of purity and service to Hashem. So we obviously referring to the great Talmidei Chachomim, whose whole life and every every movement, every decision, every act they do is in service of Hashem. You know the famous Rambam, and I mean the Balei Musa bring it, and it's a, a topic to be aware of, but there's a way you can live your life that every single act you do is service of Hashem. The Rambam brings, for example, sleep. When you go to sleep, you can either go to sleep because you're exhausted and you want to wake up and uh, and uh, guess what, uh, play soccer the next day, or you can go to sleep and rejuvenate yourself so you can daven and learn Torah. And then even your sleep is a great Avodah Hashem. So Tamidei Chachomim who live their life dedicated to Hashem, when they eat or drink something to give them energy to to inspire them, to give them the so that they can enjoy Hashem's world and serve Hashem to a greater degree, well that's like a korban. Their eating and drinking is like a korban. Omar Rebi Berechia Imroy Adam Shatoira Posekes Mizaro Rebi Berechia also said if someone sees that Torah is being lost from his descendants it's not clear as he should marry a Talmud Chochom, 
I and uh, the daughter of a Talmud Chacham and marry, it seems, and, and have new kids who will be on the derech, or uh, he should uh, marry off his children to the daughters of Talmudai Chachamim. As the Pasuk says, if his roots in the ground become old, and his trunk dies in the earth, um, he should the smell of water will cause to blossom and make his branches grow like on a sapling. Um, that's the Talmidei, um, that's referring to Meriach Mayim Yafriach, the Reach of Talmidei Chachomim is, um, will um, give them this, um, will renew the strength, will cause his descendants to blossom and become Talmidei Chachomim. Okay, um, now we move on to the last uh, piece of this Mishnah. It says, Remember the Kohen Godel used to make a special Yomtov for his beloved. The Kohen Godel left the base Amidash. The Kohen Godel left the base Amidash. And all the people were following him. Out of cover, they were escorting the Tamur Chacham. He says, When all the people saw Shmaya Abtalon, those were, those were the Gedolei Ator, the head of the Sanhedrin. They left accompanying the Kohen Godel and they started accompanying Shmaya Abtalon. Now this was a very... The Kohen Godel took this to heart. Firstly, that's the Halach. If you have a Kohen Godel who is a Amoret and a Tamur Chacham who is great in Torah, you give more convert to the Talmud Chacham. But the Kohen Gadol took this too hard and says, mm-hmm. Shmaya and Abtalon came to also to part, send the, give the Kohen Gadol wishes when they were departing. So So the Kohen Gadol said to him, descendants of other nations, you should go in peace. And Shmaev Abtalion were the descendants of Sancheirev. They were co- the descendants of converts. So he was being mean to them. He was saying, oh, he, he was upset. So he was being mean. He said, yeah, let these foreigners, basically saying, let these foreigners, referring to the, the heads of the Sanhedrin, um, go and go in peace. So Amrullah lay, they said to him, Yasun b'nei amin l'shalom, ta'avdin uvdu da'aron, the the descendants of other nations should go in peace when the, the, rather the descendants who go sorry, the descendants of other nations who follow in the path of Aaron should go in peace more so than the descendants of Aaron who do not follow the path of Aaron what was the path of Aaron? we know that's Rodeh Shalom, someone who always pursues peace and they're saying to this Kohen Godel you know what? We're more deserving to go in peace because we follow the path of Aaron than you who do not follow in the path of Aaron and insult people. Rashi adds because what he was doing on Ast Vorim, he was, um, on Ast Vorim is teasing, mocking, upsetting someone with words. And he brings the Posuk, this is all in Rashi, says, but on Ast Vorim, that Posuk, yeah, on Ast Loisonu Ishes Amiso, you're not allowed to afflict your, your 
friend, another person, that's referring to with words. And one of the examples given in the Gemara is Imhoyo Ben Gairim, if she's a descendant of converts, Lo Yomer Lo Zochur Masa remember what your ancestors used to do. So this, this, in the Gemara Baba Metzia, the an example that it gives of an asked Dvorim, of afflicting someone with words, is don't remind a convert that they are descendant of convert, or that they are descendants of converts because it's insulting and it bring it might be uh, uncomfortable memories of how they used to practice or how their ancestors used to practice. So they're telling this Kohen Godel, you know, we're more deserving to go in peace than a Kohen Godel who behaves like you, an actual descendant of Aram. Okay, so the next Mishnah says, Kohen Godel b'shamesh b'shpoina kalim. The Kohen Godel would then generally do the temple service in eight begodim. And the regular Kohen would just do it in four begodim, four garments. What are they? Kesoines, michnesayim, mitznefes, v'avnet. The robe, the robe, the pants, the hat and the belt. This is a uh, um, when I when I was in school we did this I couldn't find uh, better pictures but the robe was basically a long robe the interesting we'll see amidst nefes is a hat in the Chumash the the, the hat of the coin Godol is called uh, mitznefes and of the regular coin it's called a magbas there's a whole discussion of did they look different or did they look the same. The one opinion is that they were both like turban-like, that they wrapped them around the head, but the Kohen Godel's was more like a turban that goes out, and the regular Kohen was done more going straight up. Um, other opinion, remember, the Kohen Godel also had to wear the tzitz and his tefillin, whereas the regular Kohen just wore his tefillin, so it wasn't as essential for him. Then it says, of Kohen the Kohen Godel had additional four. What were his other four garments? The Choshen, the Eifod, the Me'il, and the Tzitz. The Choshen is the breastplate. It looked something like that. It was um, all wool woven together, um, a, a, basically a rectangle, and this bottom half was folded back, and in it, what was kept between the two folds was the Urim Vatumim. We'll see more about that now, but it, and we'll see a, a bit later on in the daf. And then on the breastplate were set all 12 stones corresponding one to each tribe, um, set in gold, sewn onto the breastplate. Then the ma'il, that was a turquoise robe, the famous one with the pomegranates and the bells at the bottom. That's the ma'il. And then the tzitz, that we know is the headplate. This is according to Rashi that there were six strands that he tied it to him. Other opinions had only one strand that he tied around his head. And it says Kodesh Lashem on it. Um, and then the, what was the final thing I skipped? The Aphod. The Aphod was like an apron. He actually wore it kind of like a backwards apron. So this, um, it would go, uh, it would, this would be on, on his back and those, um, those parts would be tied around in his front. And those would go over his shoulders and clip to uh, clip to the choshen. So it would clip to the breastplate in front of him with uh, clasps at the top. So those are the garments of the kohen. Says The following can consult the urim v'tumim. Now, as I mentioned, the urim v'tumim was the choshen mishpat was folded up. And in that slot was a parchment with Hashem's name. And you could consult it like a type of nevuah. It says, 
that's how, when the Kohen Gadol was wearing these eight garments, you could consult the Urim Vatumim. The Aini Shalim Ela Le Melech La Av Beizdin Ule Mi Sheat Sibur Tzarech Ba. The king, the Av Beizdin, or some change it to the Beizdin, and those who, the, who he's asking a question necessary to the community or who the community is relying on, that's who were allowed to consult the Urim Vatumim. So we often see the king consulting the Urim Vatumim, should he go to war, should he not go to war, etc. Um, now we're going to discuss the, these Begodim in more detail. So, we learned the sheish. The Begodim where it says sheish, and we generally learn sheish as linen, but we're going to see this is an added factor. Chutim kofu shisha. It was eight threads twined, twined together. So instead of making it weaving one thread to one thread, they would twine. They would take well, sorry, six threads and weave them together. Mishsar. When it says mishsar, that's referring to shmoina eight threads. Now this mishsar is actually, as we'll see, referring to the pomegranates on the meil. Remember the blue robe. That was completely techeles and blue wool. At the bottom, the pomegranates were made with um, wool sewn with eight threads. Me'il shnaimosor. The me'il was made, so that, again, that blue robe was made with threads of, um, uh, what's it, strands of 12 threads. Paroiches esrim v'arba. The paroiches, that's the curtain between the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Heichal and the Kodesh HaKadoshim was made with 24 Threads and choshen va'efod esrim v'shmoina. The breastplate and the efod were made with twenty-eight. We'll see where we get these numbers from shortly. It says chutin kofel shisha. Now the brayser started and it said that whenever it says uh, whenever it says sheish, it means that the strands were folded into six. So each thread was made of six small th- uh, strands or thread. It says minoran. What's the source? So the Omakro, the Possek says, by Yasues Kasoines Sheish, the S Mitznefes Sheish, the S Porea Magvas Sheish, the S Mixesay Havad Sheish Moshzar. It says that you will make the Kasoines, the robe of Sheish, generally linen, that's the first one, the hat of linen, the adornment hat, either regular coins hat of linen, and the pants of Bad Sheish, linen, so that's five, and Moshzar spun to wand a uh, uh, twined or spun together now the this possible could have just listed the garments and said made them sheish why does it mention sheish five times linen five times says Hamisha Kroiksiv, it's written five times, Chad Lukufe, one for itself, the Kisnene Have, that it must be linen. Bachad Shehe Chutin Kofel Shisha, and one to say that each thread must be sixfold. Bachad Shehu Shazurim, and one to say that they must be twined together, because it ends with Sheish Mosh Zor, twined together. Bachad Lishar Begodim Shaloi Neemar Bohem Sheish, and the other one is to extend it to other Begodim where it doesn't say that they must be Sheish. I will see what that is referring to later. It says, My mashma da sheish kisnu. How do you know that this word sheish means linen? We actually see quite a few words for linen, as we've just said, sheish and bad boots in the mission. We've seen it quite a few times. So, how do you know that sheish means linen? So, Amr Biyosi, Rebbe Hanina, the Amr Kra, the Possuk says, Bad, Dovor ha'oyla mina karka bad bad. The Possuk says, 
um, bud, which tells us that it's things that come out from the ground, but but in separate stalks. It doesn't come from something that grows like a bush or a tree. It grows in stalks, which linen, um, the linen plant grows like that. Oh, it says, why don't you say it's wool? Wool also grows out of an animal separately. Wool splits. The hairs of the wool on the animal split, so it, does, it kind of does grow in branches, not each separate strand. Will flat uh, linen also split? No, wool splits naturally, but linen only splits into fibers and strands when you beat it. So therefore, it's, it, as it grows, it grows in separate stalks, and then you beat it to make it into strands and split the strands, but it's not going to naturally split like wool. So that's the source. So that's the one source that Shesh means linen. Ravina Omer Mahacha Ravina says, I've got another source. It says, Pirei Pishtim Yu Al Roshom, or Michna Sei Pishtim Yu Al Mosnehem. Hats of linen must be on their head, and pants of linen will be on their loins. I, they will wear, this is Yechezkel talking about the Big Day Kahuna, that they must wear linen. It says, Omale Ravashi. Hi, Mikmi. So, so what's Ravina's source? It says, Yechezkel speaking about the Big Day Kahuna says linen. So when we see it, always says Sheish, but it must mean that they must be linen. So, Omalei Ravashi. Hi, Mikmi. says, oh, that's all very well, but what did they do until Yechezkel came? Remember, Yechezkel was end of first temple. Yeah, the end of the first temple. So for hundreds of years, we've had uh, probably about almost, I'm trying to think of, Probably almost a thousand years we've had uh, Kohanim, and we didn't know that Chesh means linen until Yechezkel came. That doesn't make sense. It says, Well, you also run into trouble with what Rav Chizda says. Rav Chizda is going on, what's the source that if a Kohen who does not have a bris mila, the avoider is invalid? It says, Rav Chizda says, we don't learn that a, um, a Kohen without a mila is avoided as possible from Moshe. We learn it from Yechezkel ben Buzi. Any stranger who's oral of heart or uncircumcised cannot come into my Migdash. So it's, oh, so you tell me that until Yechezkel came, no one knew that someone uncircumcised says, Really, they had a tradition. It was oral. They knew it through tradition, through oral, that Sheish was linen and that a Kohen who didn't have a miller couldn't serve in the temple. And Yechezkel came and wrote down the Pasuk. We'll say the same. So just as, you, as we have to say that thing by the uncircumcised, we'll have to say the same by the linen. I mean, I was thinking, interesting, it's something that I'm not so clear on, the connection between the Torah, Shebil Sab, the actual Chumash, and the rest of Nevi Mengsubim, the rest of Nach. Because on the one hand we say they Torah Shabbat Sav, but on the other hand we don't generally learn, unless it's like an, a clarification or an explanation, or like here we're saying we know it from oral law, we can't add halachas from the Novi, from the Nevi'im, to the Chumash. Um, and they, they can't change. So uh, what's the exact uh, connection? I'm not too clear, but it is to a degree written Torah and to a degree... It's not as strong a written, it doesn't have the same status as the written Chumash. Um, 
Then we just said Mashzar. What does twined mean? Mashzar Shmoina. When the word says Mashzar, it means that it must be eightfold. Says Minolon, what's the source? To see as it's written by Asuel Shulei Hameil, Rimoina Treles Vakamon Vaslashani Mashzar. The, you must make on the hem of the me'il, that's that blue robe that the Kohen Godel wore, pomegranates out of blue wool, purple wool, and red wool. So you got three types of wool to make up these pomegranates. And we also learn from the paroiches. The paroiches is 24 strands. So Afkan Esrim Arba, so to here it's twenty-four strands. The have call chad chad timi, so each one is eight. I the paroiches we know is is twenty-four strands, but it's actually made out of four materials. It's made out of linen, blue wool, red wool, and purple wool. So four so that would be the twenty-four strands. We also know that the pomegranates are made out of twenty-four strands. However, it's only made out of the three types of wool. Since Venelev Michoishen Ve'efud, Malahalim Esrim Vishwana, Afkan Esrim Vishwana, oh, well, why don't you rather learn from the Choishen and Eifud? Just as over there it is 28 strands, so too the pomegranates must be 28 strands. Says, no, Dava, Dava Shalonem Abazov, me Dava Shalonem Abazov. We'd rather compare something that doesn't have gold strands to something that does not have gold strands. Like, okay, Choishen Eifud, Shalem Babahem Zav, the Choishen and Eifud also had gold strands. Says, Adara, but don't in Begin me Begin. Well, no, on the contrary, it makes more sense to learn how to make a garment from another garment than how to make one of the big day kahuna from one of the garments from the paroiches, which is a curtain. So rather learn it from the belt. Rather learn it from the belt because that's a garment and it doesn't say gold. So we'd rather learn the pomegranates, which is a garment and does not say gold. And we're not going to learn it from something that does have, have gold. Ramari Omar of Mori gives a different set. He says, by the Choshen it says, Tasenuk Siv. Tasenu He says, no, you make the choshen in this special way. I with 28 threads, and nothing else has 28 threads. Ravashi Omar is similar. It says, by the me'il, you'll make it. That it must all be equal. I, each type of material, each type of wool must be equal. Now, if you, so if you have 24, you can divide it by 8, and you have the 3... The three types of wool, the blue wool and purple and red, each made with eight strands. That works out well. But if you learn it as 28, because you want to learn from the Choshen and Eifod, it says, If you say make each type of wool of 10, well then you're going to end up with 30, not 28. So maybe make two of the wools out of nine strands and one of the wools out of um, ten strands you'll get twenty-eight says Omar but the post says I see so you must make it I they must all be equal okay and we'll leave it there for today